Hey, this is Grayson the Crewman, and I'm Ben's guest on Big Fat Five. What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. This week's guest is Grayson Nekrutman. He exploded on Instagram and YouTube over the last few years by picking a lane that he saw was lacking representation on the platforms, jazz drumming. If you can, go check out his pages, links in the show notes, before listening to this episode because I really want you to grasp how truly amazing Grayson is. It's, it's astounding. That being said, he certainly doesn't want to be pigeonholed into being categorized as just a jazz drummer, and that's why I was stoked to see his five drastically different choices. This is a really fun conversation, and I'm just going to start you in the middle of us chatting, so cheers. Well, it's cool, too. I think, I mean, as your PR guy now, um, I <laughs> think uh, going out with Billy Howardell of A Perfect Circle is is kind of like the best move for you to do for your first tour because it's just, it's just like right out of the gates like this is not a jazz gig and you just uploaded a youtube uh video i just saw earlier today of you practicing along to it i mean you're gonna you're gonna do just fine it's awesome so thank you thank you it was it was so like affirming of like everything of work you know towards and i was slated to go on the brand x fusion tour last fall and that unfortunately fell through um, because the, one of the members got sick and eventually passed away, John. Um, so that just completely dissolved. And that was something I was looking forward to because it was, it was still in kind of the jazz realm ish. Cause it was like the fusion kind of, you know, so people were still like, Oh, it's close enough. And then when I got this, I was like, well, I should go back. Then I did the William Duvall record and the people were, were already like, wait, what is this? And now people are really like, well, wait, what, you know, this is the last thing we'd expect you're doing. And I'm like, well, I love it. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what you have to do in a career, you know? It, ma- it makes people exactly. keep up on you. If you're like, I can go away for a few years and Grayson's probably still going to be doing this one thing. It's like, no, keep up with what I'm doing, yeah. Exactly. All right, so I do want to talk, before we get into your top five, uh, you've, you've been quoted with saying, uh, well, there was an article written about you, and I'll quote the article. Um, Grayson will call around to find who knew the drummer he's studying. He wants to know them and what drove them. How did they develop their style? and what they listen to, which is exactly what we want to do with you today. But before we get into that, you've said you had a photographic memory. So how does how mm-hmm. does that work? Do you remember sheet music, or do you just remember the actual visuals of the drummer playing? How does that work for you? Yeah, so it's mainly, you know, I wouldn't go as far as, you know, I've said, I guess I've used the word photographic memory, but I, I'm not the kind who can, you know, there's some people who can, they, they can take you up in like a helicopter, and they can like draw the signal. No, that's not me. Uh, not even close. <laughs> Um, for me, it's really, even in like a math class, I always talk about this, like the example was like in math class, it sounds crazy, but I didn't need to always remember like why it would work, but like I would picture the formula and just remember where the A was or the, you know, the B squared, you know, that, those kind of things literally just remember where it was. And the way that translated over the drums for me was not so much sheet music, even though I do read and I've, you know, read music since I was very little, but it was more of. Um, simply mapping out in my mind kind of, hey, geographical areas, I'll call them like, hey, it's, it's snare drum, Tom, then he's going to hit the crash. Oh, then he's going to grab the crash, Tom, just the, the pattern recognition kind of thing. And then another element of that, which kind of came from my more formal background, was being able to equate the movements with rudiments. And that was like a deeper 
thing that I kind of figured out of like, oh, that's what a paradiddle looks and sounds like. But if I just hear it, I can, you know, just hear. But if I see and there's no, you know, audio, the audio is kind of grainy or whatever. You could kind of tell of accent, you know, then two accents that are closer and then accent, two accents that are closer. Those kind of little, you know, tricks of the mind Interesting. for me help yeah. me kind of recognize what it is. Whiplash is the one that comes to, to mind and because last week we had Kyle Crane, who was actually a drum double for that movie. The scene that you uh, duetted, not duetted, you did it, you know, uh, note <laughs> for note, uh, was actually Kyle Crane in that video. But uh, it was so funny. You must have been working on that all day because you were so sweaty in that video. I'm sure people have <laughs> talked about a, that. <laughs> that was a crazy video. So I actually, um, I made that right around the time my grandmother passed. So I, I, I think that was the day she passed. Was either that or the, I made a Nate Smith video. I'll have to look. It was one of the two. And I remember I got the news and I was already working on it. And I mean, there was like, you know, I'll just obviously stay with the family or whatever. But after that, I went downstairs at like noon um, and just like, oh, I'm going to make this video or whatever. And literally grinded till about like eight o'clock at night. So, something crazy. I don't know, it was like eight or nine. Came up with drenched, absolutely drenched. Um, and people are like, oh, is that like fake sweat? No, my mother was pissed because uh, I I had like a puddle under the chair in my kitchen <laughs> when I sat down. Oh, my, it was terrible. Um, we laugh about it now, but she was like, Grayson, we need a towel. Um, but that video was a changing, you know, like a turning point for my, you know, YouTube and things like that. Everyone references it. Um, but I never really thought of it as like, I'm going to make this and probably, you know, it was more like, hey, nobody's done this. People say it's impossible. Let's, let's just do it. You know, I'll, I'll work on it till it's done. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear about your grandma, but in a way, it's almost like you had a lot of emotion going behind that. I mean, just like the guy in the movie, it's like so. Maybe that's a reason that people subconsciously were like, "There's something about this performance that he's he's hitting a little bit different today." You know? Absolutely. I can. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get into your top five, and so I'll just kind of list the little statistics about it and then um, we can talk about it, play a little bit and then talk about it again or some more. But the first album is, you already referenced uh, a little bit of this guy before, but it's Dave Matthews Band and the album is Dave Matthews Band Listener Supported, came out in 99 Mm -hmm. and the song choice is number 41 and of course it's Carter Beaufort on drums. So why is it called number 41? Well, according to like the little passages of like random things they would say before songs, um, he said that it was the 41st song they wrote and he didn't have any other name for it. So he called it 41. Okay. Makes there's sense. A, there's a, I think they have 36, 40, uh, well, obviously 41. They might have like one or two more numbers, numbered songs. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, you know, I don't know the exact reason, but I think that was it according to like one of those little rambles he had. He's so clean. Mm-hmm. You can notice the bass drum is so punchy. That was the first thing I noticed when I heard it. And there's a live DVD that you know accompanies this CD. Incredible. I swear. 
No one sounds like them. Like there's mm-hmm. no one that sounds like them. Not at all. It's just his cleanliness for me. His drum mm-hmm. sound. It's just the everything's so crisp. Even down to it's not even drum wise, just the guitar. Everything is it, it's like a little twangy. I love mm. it. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a few people talk about Carter, and I always say you can hear him smiling when he's playing. You yes. Just... <laughs> always riding that made... nice bell. Yeah. Listen to that, Tom. Like, how do you get your Toms to sound like that? Like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Listen to that. Oh. Everything he touches just sounds like a sample of like this is what this instrument should sound like. Go. Yep. Listen to the snare drum. That's the aqua tree, I believe. Listen to how crisp both singles are on the hi hat. I've heard Mike Dawson talk about this in the past. It's like Carter and a few other drummers like Vinny Caliuta can be super busy, but they're so mm-hmm. in time and perfect for what they need to be doing that it's never distracting. Exactly. Oh my God. So yeah, how old were you when, when uh, Carter came into your life? He was the first big, big influence. I mean, I, I started playing drums at four and my mother introduced me to Dave Matthews band. I mean, since I was born, but you know, obviously when I start to like become aware, like three or four, um, but she introduced me to reggae and rock and everything. For some reason I just gravitated towards him and the whole band in general. Um, and I remember specifically that DVD I watched a million times. I was maybe eight or nine. I binge watched that dvd binge watch the cd every song on there i just destroyed with playbacks and playbacks and playbacks and it was just something obviously the visual like oh my gosh with a giant drum set and all these little things and, but as i got older i started to appreciate the little things of like sounds crazy but well, hey mom why does my snare not sound like that like you know yeah. like i don't get <laughs> hey, my comps to sound like that exactly exactly you know or like you know i was asking my drum teacher i was like how do we tune the drums to sound like that and I was trying to like, I remember one Christmas I asked, I wanted black um, resonant heads and clear tops because I looked up and apparently that's why his drums had that like mirror look. And I thought that was the, and I still, I, I still think it's the coolest thing, but like back then I was like, whoa, because the insides of the recording customs are painted black. So you had the black bottom, the black inside with a clear head. It literally looks like a mirror with the lights. And I and I was like, wait, maybe it's like, you know, the black drum heads on the bottom make it sound boomy. Like I was like a nerd. Um, and then I was a nerd until I looked up the price of that snare drum. And then I was like, forget forget it, Grayson. That dream's never yeah. happening. <laughs> you need to be a nerd with a bank account until, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of money for that snare drum. Yeah, I can see how going from, you know, listening to reggae and stuff also, you know, kind of morphed into liking Carter because he does a lot of stuff like that. Like that, that song starts off with kind of the bass drum on the backbeat mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, he's yeah. got a lot of the, I mean, he's got influences from all over the spectrum, you know, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. 
Yeah, I can see as, as, as a young drummer, Dave Matthews songs, um, and that's a live record, but a lot of those, those records, the drums are so, like all the frequencies, you can hear everything, like, like, like you were saying, not only clarity with his playing, but clarity with the recording. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, oh, that's what the hi-hat sounds like. And, you know, you're sitting on a drum set. Like, I can hear everything he's doing that's in front of me as opposed to just, he just is the example of just clear, you know. I think, it, I think it's a good example of, like you said, clarity. Um, and for me, being very young is also an example of, you know, away from my drum teacher, Justin, I'd be like, hey, practice your singles because they could sound like that on the hi-hat one day. And then even little things of like, as I get older and older and older, an example of, sounds crazy mic placement like how does he get you know how does dave matthews band the sound guy mic the hi-hat in the studio to sound like that you know those little things or his tom mics like what tom mics does he use like things like that um there's just so much to learn from all all these players but really for him for me him you know he was just the first like well like idol still yeah. is yeah, I've only seen him once, and it was in uh, it was in the Gorge in uh, in the middle of Washington State, which is where I'm from, and they do like this Memorial Day. I think it's Memorial Day. It's it's in September, whatever the day, Labor Day, or whatever. It's in September, the three day weekend, and they played three three different sets, like a, a different set every night, and it was just <laughs> I could practice my whole life to do half of one of those sets. All right, so let's yeah. Hey y'all, I wanted to, <laughs> I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his, his, you know, where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum. And it was, it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful. And he actually let me use it on an Eve 6 tour and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye so let's just go to number two, and it's uh, Around the Fur. It came out in 1997. <laughs> Artist is Deftones, and the song is Be Quiet and Drive, Far Away. And, of course, the drummer is Sir Abe Cunningham. So, yeah, mm. where were you when this when this record? Because uh, that's quite the departure. Not, I guess not quite the departure, but it's somewhat of a departure from Dave Matthews' band. Honestly, 
This is more recent. I mean, mm-hmm. last five years. I mean, I had heard like you know, um, a few Deftone songs, and I'd like them, but I was never like a huge fan. Now I'm a huge fan, but I I slowly like morphed into them. You know, I think the first song I heard was probably like Hexagram or something, um, and then a, just literally a maybe a year ago i was turned on to more you know adrenaline which i put on the honorable mentions and i put this song on because i've been not obsessed but i listened to this song a lot recently because we'll talk about when we hear it but that again the drum sounds the simplicity of abe's you know everything but i would say in general this is more recent than the carter stuff Little did they think the jazz drummer would be playing Deftones. <laughs> no, that's why I was excited when I saw these choices. Why it's not only a jazz drummer. Just so thick. Mm-hmm. And just absorbed in the And sound. again, listen to the snare. Listen to that snare. Pop. That little fill, so simple, but mm. just so crisp. I love when he does that little pickup. Another simple fill, but not boring. Totally. Place. It's just the placement of it. It's it's just slightly off. I haven't listened to this song in a while. It is relentless. Just going balls to the wall the whole time. I love the placement of the bass drum with the guitar riff, but also that tom. I do have to play real quick. This is probably like one of the best starts to any record right here is my own, my own summer. Oh, I had to do it. <laughs> yup. Yup. Yeah. Of course, white pony is, uh, you know, I was, I remember the first time I heard, uh, 30 seconds to Mars. Um, oh, sorry. No, I heard 30 seconds to Mars before Deftones. And I was like, Deftones is just ripping off 30 seconds to Mars. Little did I know. Uh-oh. Well, that was kind of like, it was me with like, as I said, when I um, first was listening to Deftones, I was listening to like their newer-ish stuff, like Diamond Eyes and all that stuff. And then I remember um, I was turned on to like Adrenaline and Around the Fernal stuff. And I was like, this is different. Like, whoa, whoa this is like so so different and i was like this is this is like mm-hmm. everything about this i like yeah everything about this 
I literally uh, ripped off. I am ripping off. I should say that little that little Tom in the the chorus or whatever we just heard. Um, and in one of these Howard L songs, I'm doing a similar groove on the Tom, but it just works perfectly. As you should. You know, just just but you know it's like oh I love this you know you just add it in because it just changes it enough you know verse to chorus that it, it gives it that like depth but it's not enough that's in the way it's not annoying it's just a little a little more a little more punch to it well and the you know it you're gonna do it a little bit differently even if you play it the exact same way exactly. it's gonna sound differently exactly. it's gonna sound like grace and so completely different vibe of song too but it was just funny because i was like wait a minute that yeah that works <laughs> exactly um, all right, so number three, the album is Breakfast Dance and Barbecue. Release year was 1959. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it is Count Basie Orchestra, and the song is Back to the Apple. The drummer is Sonny Payne. Listen how like woody that snare drum is, and how see his. What I love is he's not afraid to play the bass drum. Mm -hmm. Everybody nowadays, especially in jazz, is like, oh, oh don't, don't, don't play loud. Uh oh, uh -oh. it's all upstairs. Yeah. Uh oh, exactly. Like, uh oh, you're playing, you're playing a little loud. See, now it's about to get back up. Ready? Bass drum. I think he was doing like a 26. <laughs> Hell yeah, Sonny. Listen to this fill. Ridiculous. Ready? <laughs> what I love is that nowadays that would be called overplaying. <laughs> it's a shame. It is. Like that, that would be, oh, you're overplaying. You're not dynamic, it's not musical. I mean, listen to that. I love that you pointed out that snare drum. Yeah, that is a very woody snare drum. Yeah, I, it's funny because, um, again, I'm like a nerd with all this stuff. Then I started back in like the Carter days of researching the gear. And that's kind of what I was talking about in that quote you're reading about how I try to delve deep. It's like, I won't, I won't say I obsess over somebody, but I'll, to learn how they, like why they play the way they play, you know, well, what drums are they using? How are they setting them up? How are they tuning? Like those basic things. But literally researching, you know, what drums he was using. I mean, I'm surprised because he has the facility of somebody, you know, on the level of Buddy Rich, all these people, right? But you know, it sounds really crazy, but like Louie and Buddy and all these people, they were using tighter tuned snare drums, you know, on at least the top end, not all the heads help you know with rebound too you know that's, that's reality of it um but what i notice is he can get equally clean singles 
his snare is not tight at all. This man is like, that is a nice woody sounding deep snare drum. Yet he's mm-hmm. pumping them out. Yeah, I don't, Sonny Payne, I mean, I'm not the one to say, like, I know a lot of jazz drummers. I know, like, you know, the top 10 that people always reference, but I guess I just don't, I haven't really been down his rabbit hole of of stuff he's been a part mm-hmm. of, but that guy's solid. So ridiculous. And the funny thing is he um, was known for his showmanship. I mean, he would toss the sticks, he would throw the sticks, flip them up, do these crazy tricks in between the solos, and people came to see that. And that's something I love is, like, hey, Let's admit it. You're an entertainer too. Why not embrace it and have some fun? That's how I view it. All right. Well, no, I'm. And again, I I said it on the pod. I've said it on the podcast so many times that there should be a drinking game with how many times I say rabbit hole. But I do want to go down Sonny's rabbit hole because that guy sounds amazing. All right. So number four, uh, it's the album is Opiate, and the release year was 1992. Again, you're just you're just zigzagging all over the spectrum, and I love it. I love do. I'm being honest. Honest, this is stuff I listen to. I listen to everything. That's perfect. All right, so uh, it came out in 1992. This is Tool, mm. and the song is Cold and Ugly Live. And Opiate is an EP. It's it's not a full length. Um, and the drummer yeah. is Danny Carey. Um, yeah. Well, let's just let's just play it, and then we can just <laughs> give the people what they want, and then we'll talk about Danny afterwards. And yeah, this sounds so good live. Throw that Bob Marley wannabe motherfucker out of here. <laughs> just Maynard being Maynard. <laughs> Again, drum sound, punchy bass drum, the ride cymbal is so clean. Ping, it's, it's pingy, but it's not annoying. It's along the same lines of what you're talking about with Carter and Vinny, where he can put so much, but it's it's deceiving because it's like you don't think it's that much, and then when you try to fight it or you watch it, you're like, wait a minute, there's that fill too? Yeah. So, number five, we're just blowing through these. And this is what I think you're, you're giving the people what they want to hear. You're talking about Buddy Rich. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, so the album is Swingin' New Big Band. And the release, the release year is 1966. The artist is, of course, Buddy Rich. And the song you chose was Apples Live. And, of course, yep. it's Mr. Buddy Rich on the drums. So, let's just, uh, let's just play along to it.
hear that reverb. Oh. Quite a different bass drum than Danny's. Yeah. <laughs> I love when these old jazz records, you can hear them talking to each other. What I love about it is there's no close mics. It's just bass drum mic and overhead. Mm-hmm. So sick. God. Dude, if your mind wanders in any way, <laughs> you're gonna be lost with those hits. I mean, jeez. Such a sick transition. Boom, boom. Then right here. Oh. Making me want to play this or video now. <laughs> oh, you have to do this. You haven't done this one yet. I I think I did, but the thing is, like, with a lot of my things, I always feel like, hey, I'm just gonna read to do it and do it even better. <laughs> like, I got maybe three months more for practice. Like, I'm sure I can do it better. Gotta go big. Just incredible. Oh, everything about it. It's so clean and just tight. Now, that's an example of the other side of the sunny thing. We're talking about the snare drum. It's like, you can hear how tight Buddy's snare is. Um, and we can't ignore the fact that that does help in a lot of ways with, you know, those clean singles. As much as people want to say it's only technique. I mean, it is technique, but at the same time, if you're playing with a snare drum that has, like, no tension on it, I'm sorry, it, it won't sound like that. It won't sound that crisp and tight. Um, it's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, if someone says the only reason Buddy Rich is fast is because he has his snare tight, I'd be like, all right, well, conversation's over, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a combination, you know? It, it's it's definitely, it's all technique, but it also, the sound. You know, if he played that on a really, really low-tuned snare, you you wouldn't have the crispness of the sound. That's the thing. Yeah. It would be more muddled, you know, muffled and, and muddy and things like that. So I just love the way he does keep it cranked. And the bass drum again, like these guys are using bigger bass drums. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I think uh, nowadays a lot of people are like, oh, 18 or 20 for jazz or 16, 18. It's like, wait a minute, these guys are using 24 and 26. Like, I like that. Let's go back to those days. Well, and also you have to think about the equipment they were using back then. I mean, we are so particular. I mean, I know you have your own signature stick with Vic and stuff, and it's uh, that you sell on your website. And I'm sure you're very particular on your sticks. I'm very particular on what I use. And if I use, if there's another mm -hmm. stick that I haven't used before, I'm like, I don't play the same way. I'm mm -hmm. very particular on my pedals I use. These mm -hmm. guys back in the day in, when did you say this was again? This was 1966. Yeah, this is, yeah, I mean, maybe that, that that's when it came out. Maybe it was recorded earlier than that. Who knows? Yeah. It's like they're using equipment that was like, 
it's like first act level nowadays of what we, we would assume I love quality that is. so much. Yeah. I love it because like at one point, yes, I was like a nerd about gear and then I turned the switch and I was like, listen, I need to be able to plant any kit that I sit down at. Yeah. <laughs> like the stick thing I get, like, cause I, I, like I, like you said, like I do have like, you know, I, I prefer this now if sure. I have another stick. Yeah. I'll use it. Cause like, uh, just, I don't really care, but, um, I love how back then it was like, Oh, you want a drum set? This is a drum set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I went out and I bought a drum set. I, I like the simplicity of it. And it seems like it almost forced them to be, you know, if you just hear the little things they're doing, like the, the, the cross sticks and the buzzes and all these things, it's because they had to make the, the lack of, and it wasn't even the lack thereof because that's all they had. That's all they really knew. But just the the limitations that to them weren't limitations, but to us we would see as limitation of lack of other sounds. They would make up for it with these crazy, ridiculous little buzzes and cross sticks and all those things on the cymbals and the up and down on the cymbals. Just being try to you know be creative and like inventive, and with what you have, I love that about it. Just you know, ingenuity, just coming up with everything. That's like, like the whole thing. Like with this coming tour, I, you know, I'm using a pretty basic kit you know i'm using a 22 inch kick 13 track times 16 and 18 and four times um so basic but it's just it's all i need kind of thing you know it's like i'm you know i'm not the type of woman with like eighteen thousand symbols i'm using like four symbols <laughs> yeah has billy <laughs> i'm curious because obviously you know traditional versus um match grip there's mm-hmm. a there's a certain power um difference uh whether you believe it or not but um has he has he texted you and been like dude you got to do match gripped or is he just like <laughs> do what you do because <laughs> even in that video the today thing, you were kind of going back and forth and i was like i wonder if he's going to be like no oh my gosh no he is billy the best he's he's so fun to work with such a kind dude he i i li- he literally was like hey you got free reign like just do whatever but um i was asking him like just from the you know the main band leader perspective hey i mean i got the support thankfully of my companies what do you want like like what symbols do you want like obviously it has to be minor like you know but like what kind of sound and it was awesome because um the the tracks you know came to me and obviously the full album's not released there's a single out right now that the full album's coming out june 10th but I, i got the tracks and i was like Oh my gosh like the drum sounds are they're so specific but at the same time they're they're not like like uh, there's a certain ride sound i was looking for um there was a certain snare drum sound that's obviously where you come in <laughs> but like nice. i was like you know i want to get it's called you a know, leading like a question. Nice little, you know exactly no but it's true like you you came to the rescue for me um they actually just came today by the way oh, before we awesome. hopped on here yeah, yeah, exactly. So thank you so much. Our pleasure. But um, man. you know, it was like a certain certain uh vibe, I would say. And I asked Billy, I said, Hey, straight up, like, you know, this and that. So we worked on the sizes together, but grips, he's like, Hey, whatever. You know, it's it's fun because I have a, a certain amount of freedom of I can inject my own little, you know, style to it, which I can think will breathe a little life, you know, into it, you know, my own flavor. You know, whether it's a jazzy, you know, ride thing, whatever, ride pattern or a hi-hat thing or whatever it is. But at the same time, I just love how the tracks are already laid out, you know. So it just it's like the perfect mix of my own plus, you know, kind of like a standard that we're going for. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. I mean, so this is that those are your top five. Um, 
I'm going to give you a little bit of chance to do some self-promotion. Obviously, the Billy Tour is, is coming up, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll link to all that in the, in the show notes. But anything else you want to talk about before, uh, before I let you go, man? Yeah, so as you said, thank you so much for that. Yeah, so I'm going out on tour. Um, first show is June 11th in Ventura. And we go till the end of July, almost till the end of July. I also have an album out coming out with William Duvall. There was a single released uh, about maybe a month now. Uh, but that also comes out on June 10th. That was recorded live, one take, straight to vinyl in Nashville in November. <laughs> yeah, it was live to vinyl. Uh, we did 10 songs, I believe, back to back to back. There was a three-minute break between lacquers while they flipped it over between the sides. Other than that, it was ran through with, a, uh, I think, it was quite a few, maybe like 75 to 150. It was like a lot of people watching in the control room um while we were doing it it was, it was crazy so that was a trio recording and then i'm also working on a super secret project that i'll just tease out which is a, my own big band project hopefully coming soon hell yeah dude that'll be something new yeah so that'll be that'll be fun as well sweet man well i don't want to take up any more of your time uh i appreciate you coming on um honestly an honor. And, and, honestly and obviously i have so much respect for you <laughs> and you're playing thank um, you and with how young you are, man, you have such a big career ahead of you. So uh, congrats. Thank, you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to look at the dates. Hopefully, I will be, I'll be able to come to at least one of them. I'll be on tour in June, but um, hopefully we can overlap a little bit in the same city. So yeah. I'd love to see you play. That would be awesome. Yeah, same here. If you send me your dates, I mean, a day off? Cool. That would be fun. Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> Let's make it happen, dude. Imagine. Let's do it. Thank you so much. No problem, man. I'll let you go. And uh, yeah, have a good day, dude. Have a good one. All right, peace, man. See ya. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!